It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Our Miami Dolphins 2023 Spotlight Series continues with a look at BYU offensive tackle Blake Freeland. How he fits, who he is, and where the Dolphins would have to draft him if they wanted to add him to the roster for 2023 and beyond. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, Dolphins fans? It is Kyle Krabs of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team Every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Tuesday, April 4th, 2023. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Dolphins your first Miami Dolphins listen of the day. You can find Locked On Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And we are continuing through the Offensive Tackle 2023 Miami Dolphins Prospect Spotlight Series, showcasing BYU Offensive Tackle Blake Freeland today on the show. Who he is, how he would fit the Dolphins, where he's a candidate to be drafted for Miami. And this is a player who, out of all of the prospects, regardless of position that I have watched to this point, I have spent more time on Blake Freeland than I have any of the prospects. And if you're wondering if that is of significance, I guess what you should know about me, if you're new to the show, I'm Kyle Krabs, your host here on Locked on Dolphins, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan. Been a draft nick for about 10 years, uh, also the co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes, which is dedicating to team building. Uh, previously was one of the co-founders of the DraftNetwork.com, was their director of scouting for about four years. Um, this is a toughie, I'm going to be honest. So let's, let's start with who Blake Freeland is as a player. And what you need to know, first and foremost, is if you go to MockDraftable.com, he checks a lot of boxes for his athletic profile that are really going to command your attention. Uh, he can't, comes in at 6071, so six foot seven and one eighths of an inch, 302 pounds, 33 and seven eighths inches on the arm length, 10 inch hands. He ran a 498 40 yard dash in Indianapolis at the NFL Combine with a 1.68 second 10 yard split. A 37-inch vertical jump at six foot seven, a 10-foot standing broad jump at six foot seven, and then ran the three-cone drill in 7.46 seconds, uh, which is meant to design to test your agility uh, and, and how you move in three-dimensional planes. 40 plus starts at BYU. And he was on the roster from 2019 to 2022. And he started on both sides of the line. 
for the Cougars. His first two seasons uh, played at right tackle, which is important to note because obviously the Dolphins, in any incidents in which they're adding a player, um, right tackle ability needs to be something that's at the front of your mind because you have Teron Armstead for probably 12 to 14 games next season. It's based on the uh, frequency and incidence of uh, Teron getting, uh, dealing with injuries and having to play through injuries. He's a very accomplished prep athlete as well. He went to Harriman High School. Uh, he was a three-time team captain. Uh, he was all-state in track and field. Uh, he was a state champion in the shot put and javelin. He was all-state in basketball in 2018. He holds the 6A Javelin State record. And he received offers from teams like Utah, UCLA, USC, Washington, uh, all the West Coast powerhouse programs in the Pac-12. This dude's a hell of an athlete. 92nd percentile for height of offensive tackle since 2000. 93rd percentile for his 40-yard dash, 92nd percentile for his 10-yard split, 99th percentile for his vertical jump, 98th percentile for his standing broad jump, 84th percentile for his three-cone drill. And when you go to mockdraftable.com and you look at the comparables for other athletic profiles that have the most overlay with Blake Freeland, you get names like Joe Thomas, Lane Johnson, Colton Miller, Caleb McGarry, Taylor Lewan. Uh, Trey Pipkins are some of the notable names on here as far as comparable athletes to Blake Freeland in a testing environment. Um, The challenge comes with reconciling Blake Freeland, the athlete, versus Blake Freeland, the functional player, and the player who is playing with pads on and having to leverage and block in space and actually playing the game of football. Now, there are some elements of Blake Freeland that are overwhelmingly positive. Uh, One of the scouting reports that I did write for Blake Freeland or or for the Draft Network was Blake Freeland before I left the company in in March, and I'm going to read some snippets from that scouting report for you uh, and you can visit draftnetwork.com and, and see the full report there if you want the full uh, the full MO. But I, I just want to give finalize the table setting before we get into the fundamentals of Blake Freeland. And I'll say this. Um, I alluded to it at the top. I feel like Blake Freeland checks a lot of boxes that would make sense for the Dolphins. He's swing tackle capable. He's a plus-plus athlete. He played in a wide zone system at BYU. He gets movement in the run game. He has all of the tools to be developed and groomed into an impactful starting tackle in the NFL. But there's hurdles that you have to clear, and there's a dissonance between all of the independent variables and then the sum of all those variables when he's on the football field. So I'll finish by just continuing to set the table. Um, 
with Blake Freeland with the biograph biographical stuff from my Draft Network report. Again, you can visit draftnetwork.com and read the whole thing. Uh, and then we're going to get into who he is on the field. Scheme-specific left tackle prospect in the NFL. It's been a successful starter for the Cougars program for several seasons, and his playing experience and stature give him an edge to finding the field. And his athletic profile is a player who is a scheme-specific fit for wide zone systems in the NFL. Originally a three-star recruit in Utah. He's an accomplished track athlete. Freeland ultimately followed in his father's footsteps. James Freeland played linebacker for the Cougars from 1994 to 1995. Listed on his recruiting profile page at 247 Sports at 260 pounds, Freeland has steadily added weight and carries his frame extremely well. He's an athletic build and doesn't carry any unnecessary mass as a developed offensive lineman who has steadily jumped in weight after making the transition to BYU. Freeland can provide several of the uncoachable elements of the position, starting with his size and mass, occupied as a, bl- as a blocker on the edge, and with sufficient linear athleticism, he figures to project into his own base system that encourages him to take the air out of his blocks quickly, latch, and establish hands. Because of his stature, he'll certainly occupy a roster spot for years to come and get endless opportunities to start, but the question will be if a team can develop him further and provide the environment needed to protect him from his limitations and bottle up his plus qualities to serve as an effective and impactful starter right so that's um that's kind of the book if you will on Blake Freeland and I think he's going to be a real contender for the Dolphins now I don't love the fact that I think he's going to be a real contender for the Dolphins because ultimately if I boil Blake Freeland down to one thing I don't know definitively that he is a an improvement in the starting lineup for the Dolphins. We're going to talk about why after, tell you about our friends, over at Built. Built March Madness Bracket is here. As you know, we all have favorite bars or puffs. I am super partial to the puffs, uh, but it's time to make your voice count and vote for your favorites. You could go to Built March Madness to vote for your favorites, and when you vote, you'll be entered into a drawing of 50 lucky Locked On listeners to win a free box of Built. Not only that, one Locked On fan will receive a 12-month subscription to Built to have their best bars and puffs delivered directly to your front door. You have to try Built. It's the life hack you didn't know you needed. It's the best protein bar on the market, bar none. High in protein, high in fiber, low in calories, low in sugar. They have 100% chocolate on all of their bars. They're absolutely, positively delicious. So go to BuiltMarchMadness.com right now, vote for your favorite bar puff, and pick up a box while you're there. You can continue to vote as the bracket progresses, so make your voice count and pick yourself up a box of Built. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'll take the uh, the punchlines or the, the the bullet points, the elevator pitch, if you will. 
part of the report that was written for Draft Network had top reasons to buy in and top reasons for concern. And we're going to extrapolate on them, but it's a good way to set the table for the high low highs and lows of Blake Freeland as a football player. Prototypical size and length, highly effective movement in the run game, identifies and passes off stunts and protection effectively, and shows good hand leverage to leverage cutoff blocks in the run game. Those are your top reasons to buy in. Top reasons for concern. Footwork in pass sets requires significant improvement. Illustrates stiffness in hips that limits redirection skills and fluidity. High pads will be a staple of his game and limit his ability to leverage defenders. Unlikely to be a scheme fit for all teams on account of physical profile. And hand usage in pass protection creates limitations. Let's start with the good. Um, The zone blocking that BYU run has groomed this player to be a highly effective player for what the Dolphins, you perceive their um, ideal offense to look like based on the background that Mike McDaniel has. Now, they may choose to zag instead of zig and go more gap power and and go after different kinds of offensive linemen, but given the athletes that you have and the the ability to block in space and its utmost importance, I I do think athleticism up front is going to be a, a... a uh, very large point of emphasis for the Dolphins and continue to be that. And I think about the athleticism that Blake Freeland has and whether he's on the front side of the run or he's on the back side of the run. I've watched him cut off backside three techniques in the run game in wide zone, which is really impressive because that's a player that's on the outside shoulder of the guard and you get all the way down and cross his face and turn and leverage and cut him out. And when we say show good hand usage to leverage cutoff blocks, that's what that's referring to. Is you kind of you're attacking his his uh, backside hip, and it, once you get engaged into his body, it's your objective to try to leverage and work around him to wall him off from the backside of the run. So that way, if the back who's pressing to the play side has to cut back he has a potential lane to scoot up through between you and the backside defender. Because the whole objective with wide zone, right, is you want to create lateral and horizontal displacement on the front, and you want the linebackers to over-pursue and get out over the top, and then you have a safety as the backside option who's got to come back down and fit the run and make a tackle 101, or else you've popped a big game. That is the the double team too. When when they run duo or inside zone against three man fronts and and they're climbing up to the linebackers, this is another area that I thought Blake Freeland really shined. A lot of horizontal displacement in his double teams as well as in his wide zone tracks. Um, the Baylor game was a great showcase of him washing out four eyes. Uh, so guys that are on his inside shoulder on double teams and creating a lot of horizontal displacement and simultaneously vertical push to get up into the lap of the linebackers. He does that very well. Um, I I would generally describe him in the same sense that I did Darnell Wright, but this is a a more dynamic version of Darnell Wright because he's not as big, right? He's only 302 pounds as compared to 333 pounds. Very effective in linear situations. So if I have to go this way, and just run it that way and then have a shallow redirect. If I have to take a 
not everybody's watching YouTube. <laughs> if I have to take a 45-degree angle out of my stance, and it is a straight line to run through the hip of that down lineman, and then I have a 30-degree angle off of that double team to get up and directly attach onto a linebacker, Blake Freeland is going to score very, very well. Uh, he's going to perform very, very well. Uh, there is overwhelming amounts of athlete, linear athleticism and power in his game that fits into a wide zone system. I thought his range in protection when he was disciplined was quite good uh, as far as working on an island. It was a two-minute offense situation at the very end of the game against Baylor, a game that they ultimately won. They went down the field to kick the game-winning field goal. They had a minute and a half left. They were inside their own 20, and they went down and, and hit a big play on a big corner route. And that big corner route that BYU hit, they went four-man slide the other way, and they left Freeland on an island against an outside pass rusher. And he showcased good patience. He showcased really good latch. I think he anchors well for being a high-hipped and high-padded guy because he has a lot of natural strength in his game. He's a good athlete. Um, but good athleticism can only take you so far if it's only good athleticism in shallow angles and linear pathways. And you think about Mike Gusecki in a different position. But we, we talked about center of gravity and leverage, uh, and, and redirectional ability for Mike. And I think all of those same things that limited Mike as a route runner against man coverage at times because he was so dynamic in shallow angles and vertical and linear pass. But if I had to break off at 90 degrees, I'm not super dynamic. My redirection skills aren't great. That's the same kinds of challenges that Blake Freeland faces when he is playing as a blocker. Um, one of the biggest things that jumped off to me is in protection, he's a two-hand puncher way too often. And what that means is, is if you're a pass rusher and you're attacking me and you enter into my area, I'm going to throw both of my hands simultaneously to try to stun you and offset your forward momentum and then latch my hands on your frame and now I'm fit in my block, and now I just have to slide my feet and mirror with you to make sure that I stay sustained on my block. But what happens when you're a two-hand puncher, when you throw both hands simultaneously, you lock your hips, right? If you throw both your hands and then imagine that you miss your punch, and that blocker dips off your outside shoulder or crosses your face, and you ha now have to slide your feet and redirect, you can't, when you're fully extended with your hands, you can't open your hips. And that's why at the NFL level, you see so much of the independent hand usage where if you're going to test my outside shoulder, I'll throw my outside hand to create that stun and punch. And if you continue off the outside shoulder, then I will take the inside hand after I've already established the outside hand and I will put it on your inside shoulder and I will ride you past the peak and the apex of the turn. If you try to work back across my face, with that outside hand, I always have my inside hand that I can clamp with you and clamp you and then try to, like you were running a, a backside cutoff on zone, work back and turn you out. Whereas if you try to work back across my face, I'll throw my inside hand as my first hand and create the stun 
And then that way I can still protect myself where if you continue on that pathway, I could take my outside hand and I could clamp it on your outside shoulder and I can ride you down into the wash and put you into the trash where I've got bumpers inside with those other bodies that I can push you into and wall you off. But if you throw both your hands and you miss the punch, now your center of gravity is out over top of yourself, your weight distribution is forward on your toes, and now I have to completely reset my hands and then throw it again just to try to create the stun. And at that point, your feet have stopped, your hips are locked, your lower body is completely stagnant, and that's what you see too often with Blake Freeland in protection that allows blockers to win either the edge or across his face in a two-way go situation is these habits with his hand usage and how that impacts his lower half and his base. His leverage in general is a challenge because of his stature. You do see point of first contact. There's times where the head goes down because he's kind of punching down on guys. And at his stature at six foot seven, he's never going to be a player that's going to get the, the strong posture with the arched back and the wide feet with the toes turned out that I can just slide and mirror like you see with the combine drill. That's not going to be a strength of his game uh, just because of the stature that he has. So you add these elements up, and then I ask myself, okay, well, what do the Dolphins have at offensive tackle? They have Tron Armstead, stud. You have Austin Jackson. And what are Austin Jackson's strengths? based off what we know about Austin Jackson at this point through three seasons. Two seasons and two games. We know he's highly athletic. We know he's got prototypical stature for the position. We know he's capable of a lot of movement in the run game. And we know from a pass protection standpoint, there's diagnosis issues that are a problem. And then there's also the uh, inconsistencies in in creating latch and stun and, and offsetting initial push. So that's the question that I ask with Blake Freeland is, how definitively can you look at Blake Freeland and say this is an upgrade over what the Dolphins have on the roster right now? This, to me, is more of the Channing Tindall, Eric Azucama type draft selection where you're drafting this player to Okay, he can compete for a starting job. Okay, worst case scenarios is a swing tackle in his first season where he might get pushed into action intermittently if Teron Armstead goes down or if Austin Jackson goes down. But his real value is going to come in year two and year three when you potentially let Austin Jackson walk off the roster or after year going into year three because Teron Armstead's going to be here for two years at a minimum after the roster uh, restructure but you might have to shed a contract going into 2025. Is it an upgrade? I don't have a super high level of confidence that it is. And I'll, I'll talk a little bit more about that um, with our final segment of, of where he's drafted because I have a, some additional thoughts about the Dolphins and their recent history as well. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. There are plenty of case studies of players like this getting drafted in the middle of day two. I look at last year's draft. Bernard Raymond, Central Michigan, former tight end, super athletic profile, went 77th overall. You can go 2021, Sam Cosme, uh, Texas Longhorn, super athletic, little undersized from a weight perspective, and Blake Freeland from a weight perspective is in the 12th percentile. So this is not a, a big weight and mass type player. He's built like a just a supersized tight end. Sam Cosby went 51st overall. Spencer Brown from Northern Iowa is another player who I think has a number of parallels, went 93rd overall to the Buffalo Bills in the third round. You go back to 2021, Josh Jones from Houston, 72nd overall. You go back to 2000 and... I think, yeah, 2019, Trey Pipkins, 91st overall. The sweet spot for these kinds of tackles is generally late two, early three. It kind of puts you in Miami strike zone. Now, I would say this. If the tackle run happens early, Miami might find itself backed into a corner in which it needs to do what it did when it traded up for Liam Eikenberg, which is we feel as though we have a run coming. We're running out of options. It's speak now or forever hold your peace time. It's a dangerous game to play. And I'm going to be honest, I don't really like the idea of it. That you might have to draft a player at 51 for fear of not having any option later and being stuck without it, I would rather you not address the position than force the pick early. And when I consider Blake Freeland, I wouldn't draft him before 84. I would not draft him at 51. This can't be the best player you're adding to the mix in the draft. And if it is, you better hit a home run at 84. Because I don't know definitively that this is an upgrade. But at the same time, it's a fit in a lot of ways. And if you can develop him, you can get yourself a really nice player in time. But when's the last time the Dolphins successfully drafted and developed an offensive lineman? Because they have a musical chairs of offensive line coaches. And I'm not so sure that Butch Berry is a multi-year answer at the offensive line position for the Dolphins. Now you have Frank Smith, and that helps, but Frank Smith was apparently too involved in the offensive line last year, so you made a change at offensive line coach to get somebody who didn't have to suck so much of Frank Smith's time away, allegedly. Drafting and developing players is a very real thing, especially, especially in the offensive line. But if your coaching is ever-changing, 
I figured out who said this quote that I referenced earlier in the week. It was Dante Scarnecchia. There's no right way, there's no wrong way, there's our way. What happens when your way changes every 10 months? There's no initial reactive instinct or muscle memory for when your stimulus changes from pre-snap look to post-snap action, which means everybody plays a little slower, which means communication breakdowns and you're late passing it off. You don't have the proper technique and fundamental ready to react in real time. And until the Dolphins get some stability with that offensive line position, I am going to struggle to be enthusiastic about draft and develop project. I don't projects probably not the right right word for Blake Freeland, but high ceiling, low floor players. It's not going to be the sales pitch that I'm super excited about. Now you even get what you perceive to be low ceiling, but high floor players like Lee Meikenberg. And we've seen how that's worked the first two years. So there's a spot and there's a realm and there's a world where I think Blake Freeland is the right decision at offensive tackle, but it's at 84. And it's with the understanding that you can bring him in to compete and that's great but he's probably not going to be a definitive year one upgrade over what you have on the roster right now. If you can live in that world, Blake Freeland might be for you. We'll see if he's for the Dolphins. We have Matthew Bergeron coming up next, which I'm very excited about. Bergeron's a really exciting player from BYU or from Syracuse. So plan accordingly. Keep it locked in right here on Locked on Dolphins, your team every day. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. You can find Locked on Dolphins on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Hit subscribe, click the bell, get the notifications, and also kindly consider checking out the subtext community, which we have off and running as well, which is a very exciting opportunity for you all to connect directly with me via text. You can text me. Uh, We have some resources set up, the salary cap, multi-year salary cap table with the roster assessment. Uh, all of the draft grades for the players that I'm doing this is with this and a real-time big board, you can text 305-419-3924 to sign up. That is 305-419-3924 to text directly with me, talk Dolphins ball, get some of these behind-the-scene insights, hear from me as I'm scouting these players on a daily basis. Uh, we're going to do a lot of cool stuff with it. So if you, you're interested, check out Subtext. And... Uh, Come on back, see us again tomorrow here on Locked on Dolphins. Fins up. Appreciate you guys checking out the show. Make it a great rest of your day. Talk to you all again tomorrow. Peace. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked on NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL Draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.